0: Hey there, people-powered business community. Are you ready to transform the way you handle difficult conversations in your business? If so, I'd love you to join me for the Mastering Difficult Conversations workshop that I'm running next week. In just three interactive online sessions on the 18th, 20th, and 22nd of March, you'll discover your unique leadership style, you'll master the art of impactful communication by learning the translation code, and you will build your personalized difficult conversations framework. Imagine tackling tricky team court talks with confidence and ease, all for the special price for you listeners of just $47. But hurry, spot's limited to ensure that we have an engaging experience for everyone. It's time to go from overwhelmed to empowered and lead your business with confidence. Just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash workshop to secure your seat now. Hey there, it's Christy Lee here. Welcome to episode number 184 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Great to have you here today. Thank you for joining me here on the podcast. I hope you are having a fantastic day, whether you're listening whilst out walking, my favorite place to listen to podcasts actually is whilst I'm out walking or uh, catching up at your desk. I do hope you're having a wonderful day and I am loving the weather we are having right now. It is beautiful and warm in my part of the world. Um, I love coming into this time of year when the weather gets warmer, the days get longer. It's like one of my favorite times of year. Do you recall having a conversation with someone that kind of stuck with you for a very long time, possibly for all of the wrong reasons, something that was so uncomfortable and cringeworthy really? That you just can't shake it out of your mind, or you do try very hard to forget it. That's what I want to chat to you about today on this episode of the People Powered Business podcast. It was about 13 years ago, well, I know it was around 13 years ago, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but I found myself standing back against the white wall of a very tiny meeting room or interview room, as we used to call them. In my agency, bursting into tears, like uncontrollable, sobbing tears. I think I actually kind of um, slid down the wall to almost like a seated position. I think almost in the fetal position, to be honest, at this point in time I was, It was a Friday afternoon and I had just had to have one of the most insanely difficult conversations that I have ever had to have in my business leadership journey. Now, I wasn't even meant to be in the office on this particular day. This is how I know it was around 13 years ago. I was meant to be at home with my baby. I, um, unlike a lot of people who kind of start a business to work around family, I did things the other way around. I had my business first and then had children and tried to squeeze them into the business. It was was a challenging time. And at this period, I had a big team and I had decided I would work from home slash try and take Fridays off to spend with my youngest, um, who was... A baby I think around this time. So I know I wasn't meant to be in the office on this particular Friday because Friday was that day that I was trying to spend with her and she turns 13 next month, which is why I very much know this is around 13 years ago. Um, and I was uncontrollably sobbing. Now I don't I'm not a crier. I probably am a little emotionless sometimes I'm not the most emotional person. So to find myself in my office, With my staff around, (laughs) admittedly in a room with the door closed, sobbing is not a normal environment for me to find myself in, I should say. I had had an excruciatingly difficult conversation with a staff member. And it was one of those conversations that my gut was telling me not to have, but my team were asking me to have. I don't know whether you've ever had one of those conversations with someone where your team's saying to you, We need you to do this. You have to talk to them. And yet everything inside you is screaming at you not to do it. I don't know whether you found yourself in that situation, but this was the exact situation I found myself in. And I'm usually pretty in tune with my gut, and and I am a big believer in intuition and, and gut reaction. But in this moment, what I actually thought I was doing was really being a bad leader by not wanting to have this conversation. I I sort of thought that the feeling I was having was more about my lack of leadership strength and the fact that I knew it would be an uncomfortable conversation. I thought it was my gut kind of tricking me into saying, don't do this, when really it was just because, of course, I didn't want to do this because none of us want to have difficult conversations with our team. But this particular day, I really wanted to protect the rest of my team, the team that were asking me to have this conversation with this person. And, you know, these were team members who I really, really trusted, respected, liked, wanted them to stay around. They're excellent, excellent um, at all of their jobs. And they're all in different roles, obviously. And for them to ask me to have this conversation with this person, I knew was not an easy request for them to make. And I wanted to be the leader that they wanted me to be. So despite my Every fibre of my being screaming to me, do not do this. I went in and I had the conversation on the Friday afternoon when I'm meant to be at home with my baby. And it was so confrontational and it was so challenging that after the person left the room and left the office, obviously, um, I broke down into tears. And one of my team came in to check on me to see if I was okay, knowing, of course, I wasn't okay. And I just remember thinking, how did I let it get to this? How am I finding myself here crying in a corner of a white-walled interview room? And how have I let my team see me in this state? That was the big one for me. How have I let my team see me in this state, this state of clearly not coping, (laughs) this state of clearly this conversation not having gone well and doing it at their request and then me ending up in tears because, of course, I was worried that they would feel guilty and all the things. Have you ever had a conversation with a team member because other team members were asking you to and it just did not go well? This conversation went so badly that 13 years on, it still makes me feel actually physically quite unwell when I think about it. I I really do have a visceral physical reaction when I think about that particular day and that particular meeting. Should I have gone ahead and had the conversation? Yes, absolutely. Should I have done it then, there, the way I did? No, (laughs) definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. And the thing is, I've learned a lot from that one single difficult conversation. I have learned a lot. And what I noticed was that as I've worked with business owners over the last 13 years since this conversation, we all were making the same mistakes. I see people making the mistakes that I made that day over and over again. So I thought I'd share with you what I learned by going through that horrendous experience in hope that it might help you to avoid conversations like this going so shaped. And I think we can all learn from experiences difficulties, challenging situations, difficult conversations, and things not going well to ensure that we lean into these skills. Because what I know to be true is that the ability to master the mental game of being the boss, which does mean having difficult conversations, is essential to your journey as a business owner. It's essential to making sure you have a successful business and one that doesn't send you quietly mad. But the mental game of being a boss is the hard part all the technical, practical things, operational things we can figure out, it's the mental game that I think is the most difficult element of being a boss. And particularly some of us who are perfectionists, who second-guess everything, (laughs) who want everything to be perfect, it can be really, really challenging. So what did I learn from this extraordinarily difficult conversation? I learned a lot about timing (laughs) in that, do not have these conversations on a Friday afternoon. No one leaves feeling good on a Friday afternoon after one of these conversations. And the problem is having these conversations on a Friday afternoon, the weekend is coming and that is a great buffer of time for things to be forgotten, for things to be ruminated on, for things to be spun in our own minds and the minds of the employee completely out of context, completely off-scale, It's just not a good, there's no time to check back in, to reconfigure, to recalibrate when you have these meetings on a Friday afternoon. And one of the most common things that I see business owners do is say, I'll talk to them last thing Friday before the weekend, because of course they think, well, then I don't have to see them for two days afterwards. (laughs) I get it. I really get it. But it is a disastrous time to have a difficult conversation. I learned a lot and this probably took me a little while to really figure out but I learned a lot about protecting my personal boundaries. It was not essential for me to give up the only time I had with my young baby to go into the office and have that conversation that afternoon but because I wanted to look after my team, because I wanted to show them I could be the leader they wanted me to be, I ran straight in and had the conversation. I probably I can't even quite recall, but I may have even had the baby sitting in a rocker in another room, <laughs> like quite possibly. It wasn't unusual. So that when that happens, I mean, of course, as a business owner, there are things that happen where your business needs to be the priority and maybe your personal, whether, whether it's parenting or anything else, takes second fiddle. And for the record, I do not believe in work-life balance. I think it's a total sham. Anyone that is trying to sell work-life balance to me is trying to sell you a hype dream that just simply doesn't exist. There are times when it's all about the business and it's not about my kids. And there are times when it's all about my kids and not about my business. So there are times when it does have to happen, but there are also times where it's really important to protect personal boundaries and think about whether this is in fact urgent and important and has to happen in that moment. One of the big lessons for me has been the, uh, the importance of listening to my team, which I did, of course, but not necessarily blindly doing what they ask, because it's our job as the leader and the entrepreneur and the business owner to distill the information that we collect from our team and consider an action, the best remedy, the best path forward. Now, in this moment, my team definitely thought me having a conversation with this person was the best path forward for sure. They genuinely believed that. But if I had listened, taken on the information, then thought more critically about what is actually the best path forward, is it running into the office on this Friday afternoon to have this conversation? Probably not. Did a conversation need to happen? Absolutely. Could I have handled it better if I had considered it, if I had planned it, if I had done something differently? Absolutely. So, The importance of really listening to your people and your team, and we don't do this enough. It is absolutely critical. We listen to our team, but not necessarily blindly doing what they ask because they are only seeing their silo of piece of information that they're dealing with. They're not seeing the bigger picture of the business. That's our job. So we need to listen and really take on board what they're saying, but not necessarily blindly doing what they ask. I've certainly learned that in that moment, I wasn't curious enough about what was really going on. I took the information on face value and actioned it. But if I dug a little deeper, I would have got more info and I would have managed it very, very differently and hopefully more successfully. I've learnt the value of having frameworks for these kinds of conversations. Going into these conversations without a clear plan, without a clear framework is really challenging. Some people can get and generally, I can wing it pretty well because I'm well versed in it. But having a framework to follow makes it oh so much easier, and it means that you get the outcome that you're looking for. I've certainly learned to deal with reactions and responses in these meetings better. If I fast forward several years after this meeting, I'm just—it's just coming to my mind now—another meeting where. Things could have gone in a very similar vein, but they didn't. I was supporting a client with some redundancy conversations. This is when I used to do in-person HR consulting, which I haven't done for many years now. But it should have been a pretty straightforward redundancy conversation. It was a genuine redundancy. There was a restructure. It was pretty straightforward. But the response and the reaction of someone in those meetings can be very interesting We had predicted a certain response, you know, upset, obviously. We didn't get that response. We got an animated, argumentative, extreme, angry response. Now, if I'd gone back to myself 13 years ago, I would have met that uh, level of energy in the room in terms of my responsiveness. But what I've learned since is that that does no good for anyone. So... I was calm. Me being calm had to, meant that person had to calm down, because they weren't their, their energy wasn't being fueled by more energy in the room. And I was able to navigate the other. There was about five other people in the room at the time to also manage their responsiveness in a way that was going to calm rather than fuel the situation. Now that comes with practice. That is not easy, but it absolutely is essential. And the final thing I really learned... And I kind of knew this, but I've never really articulated it and honed in on it before. But I've learned the importance of having mentors and coaches and a support network. In a better situation, I would have had someone to go to to say, hey, here's the situation. My team are asking me to have this conversation. I've got a funny gut feel about it there is something I need to talk to this person about, but I'm not sure this is the best way. Or my team are asking me to have this conversation. What do I do? What do I say? In that moment, I would have loved to have that person on the end of the line or to be able to reach out and book a call. I've had mentors and coaches, I would say sporadically throughout my business journey. And I would say today that having a support network, whether it is a group that you can go to a mentor, a coach is absolutely critical. And I think as business owners, we're very good at doing that from a business coaching perspective, like in terms of the numbers and the sales and all those kind of things. We're not so good at doing it from a leadership perspective, someone to help us be the boss, someone to help us with this mastering the mental game of being a boss. We think it's okay to get help with everything else, but not okay to get help with the most important thing about running our business, which is leading people. So having that support network Absolutely critical, probably the biggest lesson for me out of it. So why am I sharing this with you? Well, as I said earlier, I realized pretty quickly this wasn't just a me issue. As I was working with business owners, I was seeing them make the same mistakes that I made. And by sharing with them the things I'd learned, the mistakes I'd made, and how to do it differently, I noticed for them the huge weight that got lifted off their shoulders when they realized there was different ways to do things. Yeah. I don't want you to have to go through the experience I went through, so I'm hoping that by giving you this warts and all and sharing the mistakes and the lessons that you might be able to avoid those too. And as I said, I now understand how valuable coaches and mentors are in these situations, having a sounding board to go to. And I want to let you know that is an option for you as well. My clients in my Power program have access to me on a voice messaging app we call Boxer anytime. And sometimes if they're going through something challenging, I'll get five or six messages a day saying, okay, I've done that bit. What do I do next? Or I've got to have the conversation. How does this sound? This is what I'm thinking of saying. Is this all right? Or it didn't go well. What do I do? Just having that person on the end of the line, so incredibly valuable. And if that's something you want support with as well, then reach out to me about the Power Boss program, because that's exactly what you get, an on-hand coach, mentor, and sounding board. So, If you've ever had one of these conversations in the past and it didn't go well, please know you're not alone. Take the lessons you can from that conversation so that you can move forward and do things differently next time. Don't avoid the conversations. That's not the answer, unfortunately. Sorry to tell you that. But if you don't have a coach or a mentor, get one. It will be invaluable to helping you navigate these tricky conversations and everything else that's tricky when it comes to the mental game of being a boss moving forward. Thanks so much for joining me here on the podcast today. If you have enjoyed this episode, of course, leave us a rating or review. We would absolutely appreciate it. And I'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of the People Powered Business Podcast. Have an awesome week.